No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody, boogie bumper tonight. Thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. Extra salty tonight. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast here on D-Live. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Welcome to the program. As always, so much to get through. So little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of tonight's show, then you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to complain about your extra salty crackers, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. I hope you had a lovely day because I certainly did. Well, I did up until about 12 hours ago. (laughs) And then I had a decidedly much less happy day about 12 hours ago, because unfortunately, as has become the tradition on this program, um, the obviousness of the telegraphing of major and current events constantly hits home on this show, and then we're just here to bear witness to the escalation of oppressive overreach by the government... By the, by the authorities in the Western world. And it seems that we are just following down, you know, the yellow brick road with no chance to deviate. <laughs> if, if you think I'm talking in riddles, don't worry, we'll get to all of that. But thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. If you could uh, share the show out. If you don't want to, that's okay, I understand. We're also streaming the podcast tonight live on Podbean. So if you just want the audio-only version, uh, there's a chat room over there for the people who only just want to listen, who don't want to see my beautiful avatar created by the brilliant Mr. Bally Song. Poland's best export right there, ladies and gentlemen. So if you don't want to see any of that, you don't want to see the images, if you just want to listen in, uh, podbean.com slash boogiebumper, and you can listen to the live stream there. Doing that again, why not? Why not? You got license for that protest, mate? Coomhauer in the chat. Yes, we will get to that. <laughs> oh, so much to get through and so little time. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, without much further ado, of course I will get to the protest story. Um, Because you'll remember, we covered this last week, last Friday, I think, if I'm not mistaken where we played the clip of the woman who was being accosted on her front door by Victoria's finest because she dared post on Facebook that she was planning on taking a walk in the park with her son. Do you remember that? We played that whole clip. We broke it down. And do you remember the police officer in that clip specifically saying to her, if it can be proven that you are inciting people to go to the park with you, then you can be arrested. And today, of course, we have the big news. It's gone viral, the video. Everyone's latched onto it. Everyone's uh, chasing it. Everyone's putting the video out of a woman 
being arrested in her own home in front of her kids whilst cooking another child in her belly. <laughs> yes, a pregnant woman being handcuffed and dragged out of her home. Uh, her computer seized because she planned on either organizing or attending a protest against the lockdown laws. But see, we've even covered this before. The stupidity of this. I even made a short clip and put it out on Twitter maybe, what, three months ago? Like the irony of banning, <laughs> the irony of the social distancing, the lockdown laws is the the way the loop the workaround that the politicians now have like we we made jokes about it a few months ago now that it's actually happening even though we knew it would happen it doesn't make it any easier to witness it doesn't make it an easier pill to swallow but do you remember the short clip i put out on twitter what like 2 months ago 3 months ago something like that where it's like uh hi i'd like to protest about uh, against the new lockdown laws well i'm afraid we can't do that because that would be in violation of the lockdown laws but I want to protest. Well, everybody's got a right to protest as long as you get it authorised. So it's got to be an authorised protest as long as you get it approved. But we want, we believe in protest. Everybody's got a right to protest. Oh, good. Can I get my protest against the lockdown laws approved? No, you can't because that would be against the lockdown laws. <laughs> the idiocy of that closed loop thinking has now come into full spectrum reality for the great people of the uh, southern state in, in Australia, otherwise known as the People's Democratic Republic of Victoria. But we will get to that. But before that, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a very busy couple of days here for the little little uh, country down under, brave little Australia down here on the underside of the world, the asshole of planet Earth. Have a look at this one. This one slipped through a lot of people's nets. Facebook to block news on Australian sites if proposed royalty regulations become law. This is so delicious in so many ways. I want to thank Kitty B for sending me this particular article. This is from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Facebook Inc. on Tuesday said it would stop Australians sharing news content on its platforms <laughs> if a proposal to make it pay local media outlets for their content becomes law escalating tension with the Australian government. Under Australia's closely watched internet reform, internet reform, ladies and gentlemen, the Australian government is going to reform the internet. Something that nobody asked for. Uh, by the way, just a general reminder, if you needed one, uh, currently a quote-unquote conservative government in power here in Australia. Isn't it good, huh? Thank you for looking after me, conservatives. Thank you for protecting freedom of expression on the internet. The same conservative government that recently uh, passed laws to make it legal for the government to collect metadata on individual citizens and, and keep them in an archive. The same conservative government. The same conservative government which is pushing facial recognition technology in schools... Conservatives, ladies and gentlemen. Winning TV with a diamond for the Boogie Incitement Fund. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, no, I don't incite anybody to do anything. I completely, I completely agree with the lockdown laws. I think everybody should be locked down permanently for the rest of their lives. You know, the safest possible place for everyone to be would be in a maximum security prison. If only we could lock up everybody in a maximum security prison, keep them in solitary isolation, and then nobody would infect anybody with coronavirus at all. 
Under Australia's closely watched internet reform, the country will become the first to make the social media behemoth and Alphabet Inc.'s Google pay for news sourced from local providers under a royalty-style system. This, the, the beauty of this, it's like a snake charmer. It's like the siren song of the mermaid because this will lure people in. This will get capitalist uh, percolating in the nether regions. And I get it because on the surface you think, well, why shouldn't people get paid for their work, right? Coffee Talk with Sandra with a diamond boogie. Hi. Hello, hello to you, Coffee Talk with Sandra. On the surface, you think, why shouldn't people get paid for their content? But there's a poison pill with this stuff. It's so often a line we've said so many times on this show. These things are always presented to you like something you need, something you want, something that's going to protect you. But it is a Christmas-wrapped present, which is just a box filled with human shit. And it's got a pretty bow on the outside. And once You undo the bow and you open up the package and you realize, hey, this is just a box of shit. I don't want this. It's like, well, too late now. <laughs> it's yours now. You own the shit now. You wanted it. You got it. Facebook's plan to block the sharing of news, this is the article again, on Australian user accounts rather than pay royalties, puts the firm broadly in step with Google on the matter and pushes the prospect of an agreement with the government further out of reach. So basically, here's what's happening. The government wants Facebook to pay news sites each time they, you know, allow that news site to be linked on Facebook. Because their argument is, on the surface, well, this is the way it's presented to us, the peasants. Their argument is that Facebook is getting free content, right? That Facebook is sharing content that's not theirs, and they are benefiting from it because they can have advertisers because people go to the platform and they get the links and yada, 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 yada. yada. But here's the problem with this. Facebook is not going to pay every single person who writes an article a royalty whenever that person's article is shared on Facebook. We know that. That will send even a, a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar company like Facebook, it will send them broke. So here's what's going to happen. Why do you think that certain media outlets have already been decided to... Why do you think certain media outlets have already been labelled as authoritative news sources? Think about the last two years of what's been happening on Facebook. Remember their uh, their quest to eradicate fake news, right? Facebook is more than happy to have the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the Fox Newses, the New York Times, the Washington Post. They're fine. Anything outside of that is a red flag, if you're even allowed to post it at all. If it does get through, you may get a warning come up. Hey, this could be fake news. Just letting you know. Cheers. See, this first came to my attention about a year and a half ago. I was doing a show with the flying Hawaiian James R. called Trust and Verify on a Sunday night. And it was after the Brazilian election of uh, Wow Bolsonaro. I don't know how you pronounce his first name. Wow, wow, whatever. <laughs> whatever Bolsonaro. And in the aftermath of that election, Facebook made a whole bunch of changes to WhatsApp. WhatsApp is apparently huge in Brazil. What they did, they blamed the election of Bolsonaro, who's regarded as like the Brazilian Donald Trump. They blamed his election on 
people sharing quote unquote fake news on WhatsApp in private WhatsApp groups. So they made a whole bunch of changes to WhatsApp in the aftermath of this election. So this could never happen again. So the election of somebody we don't approve of could never happen again. They made restrictions on how big um, a private room on WhatsApp can be in Brazil. They restricted what kind of links, what kind of news sources can be shared in Brazil in private groups in WhatsApp, prying into your private messages to protect you from fake news. The excuse that they used was, we're protecting our democracy. Where have you heard that over the last 12 months, huh? Have you heard that? Have you heard that being flown around, flung around over the last couple of years or so? Whether it be in Australia, the UK, the United States, Canada. Oh, we need to protect our democracy. And on that show, we also on that show spoke about people being arrested because of what they post on Facebook in countries like Germany and France and Spain and Italy. And I legitimately said on that show, if you think it's going to stop there, you're you're naive. It's not going to stop there. These are global corporations. They are in the pockets of politicians in every Western country. It's never going to stop there. It's always going to spread. Because what happens is some bureaucrat in Germany will get together at a junket with some bureaucrat from the United States and some bureaucrat from Australia and some bureaucrat from the United Kingdom and they'll sit down and they'll say, you know, we came up with this wonderful idea. We have this wonderful idea where if you want to eliminate fake news without invoking any kind of freedom of speech arguments from those crazy Nazis, those crazy right-wingers, if you want to introduce a regulation of the internet, what you do is you make Facebook pay for each time they put a link on the internet. And, you know, the other bureaucrats say, well, that's crazy. How's that supposed to work? Well, here is the beauty of this. Here's, here's the wonderful beauty of this, you see, because Facebook will sign an exclusive deal with the news sources that we like. New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC. We, we may even allow one of the right wingers in, like, say, a Fox News, for example, just to let the people know that we're being fair to them. We are being fair and balanced. Fair and balanced, yeah? <laughs> it's such a good idea. Fair and balanced. Makes them think we are on their side. We will say that people deserve to be paid for their content because these people are very greedy capitalists. They will, they will agree with us. Make people pay for the content. Make Facebook and Google pay for the content. And then what will happen is Google and Facebook will sign exclusive deals with the big authoritative news sources which we agree and they will ban everything else from the platform. Isn't it a one? Isn't it wonderful? Do you see how this works? This is a backdoor to regulation on the internet. And so the other bureaucrats from the other countries listen to this and they go, you know what, that's a fucking great idea. And they go back home to their countries. There's an old saying in politics, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you're aware of it or not. Regardless of who you vote for, the government always wins. Whether you vote left or whether you vote right, the bureaucracy remains. That's the government.
So the bureaucrats get together at these little junkets. They have these little conversations. They, they share ideas. They go back home to their home countries and they start bringing in these rules. They start regulating the shit out of their populations. So something that, you know, the, bureau, the bureaucratic types have been pushing for for at least a couple of decades now, regulation of the internet is just around the corner. And how do you do it? Well, it starts like this. You watch, act surprised when it happens. You've already seen Google and Facebook declare certain outlets to be authoritative news sources. You've already seen Google and Facebook say anything outside of those authority forces, uh, sources is potentially problematic and, you know, fake news. You've already seen that happen. Now comes the next step. In the interest of fairness, Andy's read a minutes on YouTube. I don't. I think the YouTube feed is down. So <laughs> Andy's read a minute. Poor Andy's over there at YouTube. So I'll just wait here, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I'll put something in the chat. YouTube feed is down. Apparently, come to D Live. So. <laughs> Poor YouTube people. There's only about 10 of them over there. They must be like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but Google is MAGA. Google is MAGA. You got Microsoft, you got Apple, you got Google, and you got Amazon. That looks like MAGA to me. Google is MAGA. So a backdoor way to regulating the internet. Facebook, Google, other platforms will sign exclusive deals with the big media companies because they've already declared them to be authoritative news sources. They're not going to pay, you know, boogiebumper.com for his news article. They're not going to pay independent outlets. They're not going to pay alternative media for their content. One, they don't even really think that the alternative media should be regarded as media in the first place. But two, there are far more, you know, alternative media sources in sheer numbers than there are single outlets like CNN and MSNBC. So they're going to say, well, we'll sign a deal with CNN to give them, you know, X amount of dollars per year to host their stuff on our platform. We'll sign a deal for MSNBC to host their shit on our platform, to have their links on our platform. We'll pay Fox News. We'll pay the Washington Post. We'll pay the New York Times. But anybody outside of that, like if you're a little independent website who does news reports, sorry, so sad, we can't let you stay here. We can't let you post your shit here. And just like that, you had regulation of the internet. Just like that. Andy's read a minute. Thank you for the diamonds. That's how quickly this happens. That's how quickly you get fucked. Winning TV, thank you for the diamond. Thank you for the diamonds, guys. <laughs> That's how quickly you get fucked here. This is all about entrenching the corporate press. This is all about entrenching the mainstream media. Under the guise of, you know, protecting content creators, I shit you not. Under the guise of protecting content creators, they will kill independent press in social on social forums, in social media. 
you'll no longer be able to post your links on Facebook. And if you think that it starts at Facebook, I mean, it's it, we're talking about Facebook and Google here. So we're already talking about like 90% of the coverage in the first place. But if you think it's only going to stop there, um, what is it about these various companies that you believe points to the fact that they don't operate in unison, that they're not in, you know, quote unquote, cahoots with each other? Where one goes, the other follows. So it'll start on Facebook and you'll, and you, you, the idiot out there, you'll say, that's okay. I'm running my independent media website. I will just post all my links on Twitter instead. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, they'll ban you on Twitter. They'll allow CNN, New York Times, Washington Post, Fox News. They'll allow those because they'll sign exclusive agreements with those major corporate media outlets, but they'll ban you because they don't want to pay you royalties. Is that, that that's okay? That's okay. I'll just post my independent media website. I'll just post my links on Gab. <laughs> and you won't generate the clicks. You won't get the eyeballs. It will be like you never existed. Because we're talking about over, we collectively with all of these companies, over 95% of the internet, you know, population that you will be denied access to under the guise of protecting you. Don't you feel safe? That's what you're dealing with here. But the beautiful part about this, the delicious irony of this for me, is because I've so often said on this show, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, we're all being fed into the same shoebox from different angles. So you're going to have so many people who are going to say, this is a great idea because fuck Google and fuck Facebook. They should be forced to pay. They should be forced to pay, you know, the internet content creators. They should be forced. Fuck them. I'm glad. I'm glad that brave conservative government in Australia is finally taking Facebook down. They're taking Google down. <laughs> you will have people saying these things. Because they will accept the shallow first level, you know, first level thinking reporting on it without even thinking to the next step, without even without even beginning to think about the next step. Why would they let you post? Why would they let an independent media outlet post news articles if they have to pay you every time you do? They don't even want you there in the first place. It's just around the corner. Sticking with Australia, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you've all seen this footage by now. So that's Facebook. That's social media. Speaking of Facebook, speaking of social media, we covered the story last week of the mum who had the police in Victoria come to her door and threaten to arrest her because she posted on Facebook that she was going for a walk in the park with her son. She was told, you can be arrested for inciting people. Yes, you can now be arrested for inciting people to enjoy a leisurely stroll in the sun in the great state of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen. And about a year ago, I was saying, you know, when people were getting arrested for things that they post on Facebook in Germany, I said, you watch, it's not going to stop there. It's going to spread because bureaucrats are getting, getting involved. People will think this is a great idea. It's never just, it never just stops in one country. This is a global community now. 
and about a year later, here we are. So let's roll the tape and see what we're dealing with here. Um, yeah, you can show me your search warrant before you go through my house. Search warrant for what? Now, what I will explain to you is, is if you want to listen, you got your phone going. Yeah. If you want to listen, if what I'll explain to you, if you want to listen, you've got your phone going. If you want to listen while I'm taking your personal private property out of your own home, now you shut up and listen to me, sweetheart. <laughs> this is great. Yeah, I do, yeah. Right. Now, you're under arrest in relation to incitement. Inci incitement, ladies and gentlemen. See... This, I don't know if this is a controversial stance or not. I'm, I'm, I'm a very, very, you know, um, I take a very literal stance on free speech. I don't think incitement is even a thing. You know, in the great nation of Boogie Stan, there would be no law against incitement because just because somebody says something doesn't mean you have to fucking do it. Right? In Boogeystan, if you commit some kind of crime and then when you're being interrogated by the Boogeystan police and you say to the Boogeystan police, um, I was incited to do it by this person. I mean, I'm going to treat you like a five-year-old. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? If you try to claim that you were incited into some kind of action, I'm going to treat you like a five-year-old and I'll say, well, just because Jimmy said you should jump off a cliff, does that mean you're going to do it? <laughs> right? That to me, incitement is the adult version of if somebody says jump off a cliff, does that mean you're going to do it? Are you going to do it because Jimmy told you to? Right? So I think it's a bullshit rule in the first place. But what we're dealing with here is not incitement to, like, violence. It's not incitement to commit some kind of heinous act. It's not incitement to murder. It's not incitement to hate speech. It's not incitement to... It's incitement to protest. Because now, in the great state of Victoria, ladies and gentlemen, protesting is illegal. Hey! Just a general reminder for people who aren't aware, Victoria is the most progressive state in the great nation of Australia. No, it's not law. Follow Q in the chat. Is it law though? No, no, no. Remember, it's a health guideline. It is, it is, you can now be arrested for inciting a protest which is contrary to health guidelines, believe it or not. <laughs> Isn't it great? <laughs> Proud to be an Australian! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I said last week on this very show, a lot of people are about to get a very, very, very rude shock. Because everybody's all in favour of the lockdown until it's their door getting knocked on. Until it's their shit being taken away. Until it's them being put in handcuffs. They're all in favour of it. And like I said last week on the show, to people I know, 
other content creators, other Australian content creators, and I know you're listening. <laughs> when you put up one of your trolly little Facebook posts or one of your trolly little tweets, making a joke about coronavirus and, you know, protesting and stuff like that, Next time you do that, because you think lockdown is such a good idea, you're all in favor of lockdown because fuck those people who don't listen to the laws. It's the it's your fault that we're still in lockdown. Those people who think they have freedom, it's their Thank fault. I'll see you on here. Right? Next time you put up a little trolley little post on Facebook and the police come knocking on your door and take your computers away and arrest you and drag you away, do not call me. Don't call me. Don't ask me for help. Don't ask me for sympathy. Don't ask me to talk about it on my podcast. Do not do it. Because this is what you wanted. Fucking savour it. Savour where we are. Thanks to you and your green lighting. Let's carry on. Excitement. Yeah. Yeah. You're not obliged to say do anything, but anything you say do may be given evidence. Excuse me, excitement for what? What the, What on earth? Yeah. Excuse me, what what on earth? Just put your phone down. Can you, like, record this? I'm in my pyjamas. What's this? ultrasound in an hour. Yeah, she's pregnant, so... What's this about? Let me finish and I'll explain why we've come into your home, taken your private property and dragged you out in your pyjamas. Let me explain. I've got a great explanation. You see... Here's my explanation, sweetheart, if you'll just shut up and listen to me for a minute. If you'll just listen to Constable Big Dick here. <laughs> Constable Big Dick has ex- got some explaining to do. You see, if you, listen to, if you listen, sweetheart, we're arresting you because you said that you were, uh, you know, keen on protesting the lockdown laws on Facebook. That's why we're dragging you out. I, I hope that clears everything up. I hope that clears everything up for you. If you'll just listen to me. Yeah, yeah, ultrasound, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The new normal, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the new normal. Walk in that door. Walk out that door. The new normal is no concerts, no sport, no going outside without a damn good reason. The new normal is not traveling interstate without show me your papers. The new normal is police perusing, police patrolling Facebook. Do you remember? Again, we forecasted all of this months ago. Do you remember six months ago we played the story on this show of the woman who posted an old picture from a holiday on Facebook? Do you remember that? And she got a fine in the mail. Nobody even spoke to her. She got a $2,000 or thereabout fine delivered to her door. Do you remember that? And the fine was for breaching coronavirus lockdown laws. Because the police saw on Facebook that she posted a picture of her like at a holiday spot. But the picture was from two years ago when there was no lockdown law. Didn't matter. She got a two and a half thousand dollar fine anyway. We went to the, we saw the clip of the police, the chief of police at the time. When asked about this particular case and he said, hey, Sometimes we make mistakes. <laughs> hey, sorry. Hey, we're only human. We're only human here. What do you expect? How are we supposed to know? 
We saw somebody post a picture of them at the beach on Facebook. We had to send them a fine. I mean, we can't be expected to investigate every fine we send out in the mail, can we? Come on, let's be reasonable here. Things are getting real, ladies and gentlemen. Let's keep up. In relation to a Facebook post, in relation to a lockdown protest you put on for Saturday. Yeah, and I wasn't breaking any laws by doing you that. You are actually. You are breaking the law. That's why I'm arresting you. In you are breaking the law by posting it on Facebook. Woo! <laughs> we must we must have solved all of the other crimes in this country. We must we must have sorted out the rest of the crime problem in Victoria. Finally, we can focus on the pregnant pajama wearing housewives who are on Facebook. Finally, it's about time we got around to those hardened criminals. <laughs> Pink plaid is the new black, apparently. It is now a crime. <laughs> and the brutal reality of this is most people won't, won't care. In fact, most people will agree with this. Most people will think that this is a fantastic idea. Because, hey, I'm not attending an anti-virus protest. I've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> People are that dense. People are that dense. They will think that it stops here. <laughs> People legitimately believe that we're only arresting the pregnant housewives who want to attend protests. They're like That's all we're going to focus on. Don't worry, we won't we won't extend this kind of overreach into any other aspect. Oh no, 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 no. We're only focusing on the pregnant housewives who post things on Facebook. You're safe. You're gonna be safe in the future. We're a nation of fucking geniuses down here. <laughs> Let's carry on. How can you arrest children. her? That's my two children. Can't you just say to her, take the post down? Like, come I'm on. I'm happy to delete the post. This is ridiculous. Yeah. But I have to give you these caution and rights. You understand? Yeah, that's fine. Not, like, I'm happy to delete the post. This is ridiculous. Like, I just Look at the big guy built like a refrigerator standing behind her, just in case. <laughs> you never know. You never know, bro. She might snap and overpower you. It's very good of you to be. You know, doing follow, doing things by the book. You could be dealing with a very potentially dangerous, violent offender here. You know, the pregnant woman in her pajamas who posted something on Facebook. Make sure you stand behind her. Make sure you watch her intently. You never know; she might make a run for it. Thank you for keeping me safe. I I want to ask you, people who legitimately are in favour of the lockdown laws, which we have said on this show now for months and months and months and months and months. It's only going to get worse. Remember, six months ago, we were told that this will last two weeks. Six months ago, we were told ad nauseum, just do what you're told for two weeks and we'll all get back to normal. That was six months ago. Ladies and gentlemen, they've just extended the payments into March. They've extended the lockdown payments for people who can't attend work into March next year. They've already decided 
it's going to last at least another six months. At least. That's how far away we are from, you know, the end of the tunnel on this. We are a long way away from the end of this. So on this show, we were talking about, you know, people being arrested for Facebook posts. The, the, yeah, exactly. Flatten the curve. Ban Van in the chat. Flatten the curve. You cannot get the curve any flatter than it already is now. In my state, on any given day, you may have three people who contract the virus. Three. Three out of a state of over 7 million inhabitants, you might get three people. That number is so small, mathematicians would say it is statistically irrelevant. It is essentially the same as zero. It doesn't make any difference when it's that small. You cannot get the curve any flatter. But that doesn't matter now. Because the story you were sold six months ago about, hey, it's about flatten the curve, just do what you're told for two weeks, that was six months ago. Now you have pregnant women in their pajamas being dragged out of their own home in handcuffs with all of their computers six months later because they post something about a protest on Facebook. That's some nice curve flattening there, bro. Thank you for keeping me safe, sir. Thank you for protecting me. <coughs> and again, the real black pill is when you realise, when you look around and see 70% of the people around you going, yeah, well, great, good, good. They should arrest, they should arrest this young lady. They should arrest this woman because she's being very dangerous. People are legitimately saying that today here in this country, that she deserved it. I shit you not. People are saying, oh, well, she's an idiot. <laughs> well, I'm not posting things on Facebook. I've got nothing to worry about. Yes. Yes, of course. You just keep telling yourself that. Yeah, it's not. You're not posting something. Again, now protesting is illegal now, effectively illegal. You can be arrested for inciting a protest. Not inciting violence, not inciting crime, not inciting hate speech, none of that. Inciting a protest. <laughs> huh? How about that? The free world, ladies and gentlemen. The free world. It's only going to get better. I'm happy to delete the post. You should have thought about that before posting it. <laughs> So so that's fine. Maybe getting evidence. You understand that? Yeah, that's fine. But my two kids are here. I have an ultrasound and an hour. Like, I'm happy to delete the post. You also have the right to communicate with or to communicate with a legal practitioner. You understand those rights? Yeah, this is ridiculous. Yeah, this is a bit unfair. Come on, mate. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Lady4. This is a bit unfair. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. My fellow Australian... Bro, mate, where did you think that, you know, the police or the authorities were under any obligation to treat you fairly? (laughs) Where did you get that idea from? I'm sorry to laugh, but you're kind of misguided in that. Amberlina with a diamond, new phone, who this? (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't post nothing. Come on, bro. This is a bit unfair. You're damn right it's unfair. <laughs> that's that's why it's happening to you. Posting something on Facebook about going to a protest is now a criminal offence. It can get you thrown in prison. A month ago, we covered the story in the same city of, in Melbourne, ladies and gentlemen. This was a this was a great little mini experiment. This was the this was the first opportunity I had to gauge the attitude of my fellow Australians, and I came out of it uh, completely not surprised, but very disappointed. The government in the state of Victoria placed three thousand people in four different housing units, in four different you know blocks of units, right? Blocks of uh, apartments, about three thousand people. They placed them all under house arrest. All of them. Every single person who lives there. Dayton, Ohio show. Thank you for the diamond, sir. They placed every single one of them under house arrest because 300 people scattered around these four apartment buildings were apparently uh, coronavirus positive. 300 out of 3,000, okay? Now, I said, you watch. This is the, this is the problem here. You could be living in one of these apartment blocks and you might not even know the person in the building who is apparently infected with coronavirus. You might be wearing the masks. You might be social distancing. You might be doing all of the things that you're being asked to do. But because you live in the same fucking building as somebody who you've never met, who you don't even know their name, because geographically you're in the same building as somebody who apparently tested positive for coronavirus, the government is now placing you under house arrest. You are now being treated like a prisoner in your own home. <clears throat> a quick reminder, ladies and gentlemen, that the military is patrolling the streets in Melbourne as we speak. Another reminder, the, the Victorian government where Melbourne is, is the most left-wing progressive government in the country. They are arresting housewives for posting things on Facebook. They have the military patrolling the streets and they have effectively put the whole city under house arrest. And this was the big test. This was the litmus test. We spoke about it on this show. The problem is because in a city of around 4 million people like Melbourne is, you've got 3,000 people living in these apartment buildings. You watch. Everybody's attitude, by and large, collectively is going to be, well... It's for the greater good, right? It's for the greater good. So what? It's those 3,000 people over there. It's not me. They need to be locked up, right? It's so we can protect everybody. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub winning TV. It's so we can protect everybody else. It's for the greater good. Because people don't care about individual rights and individual liberties until it affects them. So those 3,000 people over there being treated like criminals, being locked up in their own apartments, oh, yeah, but that's okay, though, because it's keeping me safe. Because it's always preferable, preferable to be on the side of the jailer rather than the jailed, isn't it? And this is the problem. <clears throat> if you're somebody like me who puts individual rights at the top of the fucking list... 
undisputable, top of the list. No apologies, top of the list. If you're somebody who does that, every time you bring up these arguments and say things like, hey, eventually they're going to be kicking your door down and dragging you out of your own home because you telegraph on Facebook that you're going to go outside for a walk. What do I get told? You don't care about people. You're selfish. Why don't you just do what you're fucking told? It's about protecting people. You're a science denier. You're a conspiracy theorist. And that's why I say once again to the people who have said this to me in the recent past, when they come knocking on your door because of what you posted on Facebook, do not call me. Don't even call me to tell me that I was right because I don't want to hear it. I just want you to enjoy every minute of what you wanted, of getting your wish. You deserve it. Savor it. Don't waste the time calling me. What about she just doesn't do the event? Like, it's not like she's done it. Well, she made a post. I've already committed the offence. So I'm not going to So that's an offence. Now, search warrant entitles us and we're required to seize any computers, no. any mobile devices you have. Us? Yeah, can I just what get your badge there, mate? It's all there. Okay. You understand? Any computers, any mobile devices, we're cleaning you out, bitch. Because we're keeping people safe. Wow. You thought that you'd post on Facebook that you want to protest the lockdown laws? Well, I guess we're just going to have to take all your stuff. <laughs> thank, thank you for keeping me safe, Mr. Government. Thank you for keeping me safe, police. Do you feel safe? Does this make you feel safer? It'll never happen here. This is a lot of stress on her too. She's pregnant, like, come on. I'm relaxed. This is just very unfair. <laughs> I love how they just keep saying, just relax, just relax. She's in handcuffs. They're in her home. They are now going through her home, ripping computers out of walls, taking their, taking her mobile phone, putting it in those little Ziploc bags while she's in handcuffs, and they just keep saying, look, just relax. <laughs> oh, thanks. 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 Don't panic. <laughs> just relax, sir. Just relax, ma'am. Minister of Fun, Kimmy of the Diamond, sorry I was late. What is my punishment? You'll have to go back and watch the replay. That's your punishment. Keeping you safe, ladies and gentlemen. Winning TV with the Diamond. Nobody gives a fuck. They love this. We are fucked. Indeed. Indeed. So there's another little video here. The video continues. Let me finish. <laughs> We're going to take any computer you have in the house, any mobile phone you have in the house. She's in handcuffs because obviously she's very dangerous. The pregnant housewife. And while she's weeping and crying and saying, I don't know why you're doing this. Why are you doing this to me? This is ridiculous. 
posting something on Facebook is not against the law. He he yells at her. Let me finish. <laughs> Victoria's finest. Any mobile telephone you've got, okay. So what we want is any mobile telephone you've got. For evidence. And look, the guy the guy who's filming with the phone, the, the big fella here, fucking constable care here, is like, I'm gonna have to take that phone off you, mate. I'm gonna have to take that phone off you. For evidence. Fucking evidence, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need that. No, that's actually my sister's phone. It's not yeah, your it's name. Yeah, it's her sister's phone. Doesn't matter. Any device in this house we're taking. <laughs> <laughs> Any device in this house we're taking. Any device. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. It'll never happen here. A view from the future. Uh, Rita Panahi who's a conservative journalist here in Australia, down in Melbourne, uh, used this opportunity to bring up the fact that just a few weeks ago, there were tens of thousands of people who attended Black Lives Matter protests, which were organised on Facebook in large part. Uh, nobody was arrested. Nobody who was harassed. Nobody had their evidence seized. Of course, <laughs> they if only they were uh, pregnant single mothers posting on Facebook about why it's wrong to say that people aren't allowed to go outside. Then we could have, you know, thrown the book at those bitches, but apparently not. Apparently not. This is what she wrote on Facebook. This is what got her arrested in Australia in 2020. Quote, As some of you may have seen, the government has gone to extreme measures and are using scare tactics through the media. How fucking ironic. <laughs> How ironic, huh? This is what she wrote on Facebook. The government has gone to extreme measures and are using scare tactics through the media to prevent the Melbourne protest. <laughs> Next thing you know, the police show up on your door, seize all of the devices in your home and drag you out of there in fucking handcuffs in your pyjamas. Way to disprove the post, guys. Way to disprove the idea, huh? Great job, everybody. <laughs> you know, there's this woman on Facebook saying that we're using scare tactics to intimidate people. Johnson, I want you to get down there immediately, scare her and intimidate her. <laughs> That'll show him. That'll show him that she's wrong. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. So that's what we're dealing with here, ladies and gentlemen. Now... On the flip side, this is on the premier of Victoria's Twitter account. He tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago. Okay? If you want the if you want the flip side to this. The actress you are about to see in this little clip, because isn't this so often the case? The reality on the ground for you is that the police will, you know, barge into your home, confisc confiscate your private property put you in handcuffs, arrest you, charge you. You may even be looking at prison time for something as simple as posting on Facebook that you want to go to a protest to protest against the lockdown laws. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. Congratulations, Australia. You are now totalitarian. So the leader of this particular state, Victoria, Dan Daniel Andrews, 
whose police you just watched there arresting a single uh, single mother arresting a pregnant woman in her own living room for posting on Facebook. The premier of that state, which is like the governor, posted this a couple of weeks ago. The actress in this little clip is a woman who was very much beloved here in this country, a, a comedian from the 80s and the 90s uh, named Magda Zhubansky. Everybody loves her. Don't get me wrong. But have a look at like the difference. Like the difference. This is why 70% of the people in Victoria would say that this guy is doing a great job as the military is literally patrolling the streets outside of their homes while their wives are literally being dragged out of their own fucking living rooms in handcuffs. This is why so many people in this state would just be clapping going, yay, great job. Great job, Mr. Andrews. He's a great leader. It's like the Cuomo virus of New York. You know, they're, they're, they're hurling dead pension. They're hurling dead retirees and dead, dead elderly people out the back door of the fucking nursing homes and everyone's lining up to suck his dick to say what a great job he's done, right? It's the same kind of environment. It's the same atmosphere. So this is what this guy is concerned with. This is what this guy tweets out on his personal Twitter timeline. Have a look. Oh! I tell you what, I am so over this lockdown. Playing netball against yourself is not all it's cracked up to be, especially when you still can't even win. But you know what? It's not the lockdown that's the enemy. It's the virus. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the virus that infected 10 people last night. Great job. WWF Trump, thank you for the diamond. I'm stocking up on my munitions. Well, you got to stock up on something. I'm stocking up on stamps. Because <laughs> I'm an Australian. Um, <laughs> remember, remember I said to you, what, again, a couple of months ago, I'm sorry to keep harking back to this, but I, I feel like I'm fucking justified in this now. Remember I said to you a couple of months ago, you watch, the conversation will slowly turn. The virus won't be the problem. Freedom will be the problem. What did we just watch here? What did we just watch earlier here? With this tweet here. With these with these videos. Freedom is now the problem. She wasn't arrested for spreading the virus. The virus isn't the issue anymore. We don't have to fear the virus. We fear people who think they have freedom. That's the problem. That's the crime now. So she wasn't arrested for coughing on someone. She wasn't arrested for not social distancing. She was arrested for putting on Facebook that she's going to attend a protest. Like the most basic uh, exercise of individual freedom, that being the ability to protest laws that you disagree with. That is now officially a crime in the great state of Victoria. And the leader of the great state of Victoria tweets out little skits like this. Subbing you off! I tell you what, I am so over this lockdown. Playing netball against yourself is not all it's cracked up to be, especially when you still can't even win. But you know what? It's not the lockdown that's the enemy, it's the virus. And the sooner we obey the rules, the sooner this will all be over. Gentle reminder, 
He tweeted this out on the 22nd of August. <laughs> the sooner we obey the rules, the sooner this will all be over. <laughs> yes, you were saying that seven months ago. Seven months ago, you were saying that. Hey, just follow the rules, guys, and then we can get back to normal. They're still saying it seven months later. So if you have this great vision, this great idea that eventually, you know, your fellow countrymen, your fellow members of the Western world will just one day just snap out of it. They'll just wake up. You know, it's a noble aim. It's a noble endeavor. I'll give you that. But I would argue it's an evidently pointless one. Because in a state where people have been placed under, placed under house arrest with the military walking around outside their front door, where they are being dragged out of their own homes for posting on Facebook, where protesting has essentially been made illegal in that very same environment, you can have people for seven months believing, not just saying, not just repeating, not just thinking, but believing the majority of people. You can have the majority of people in that environment say and mean it, hey, if we just follow the rules for a couple more weeks, they'll let us get back to normal. So if you have these grandiose ideas, these grandiose plans that you're going to wake up the normies and everybody's going to suddenly agree with you, and they're going to see how they're getting fucked here. I've got news for you. Seven months of literally living the experience isn't enough to break most people out of the dream. So perhaps you may, just maybe, want to temper your enthusiasm and your self-righteousness just a touch and understand the cold, hard, brutal reality is that the overwhelming majority of people around you either don't care what you think or agree with the opposite. And they will cheer and clap and celebrate right into their prison cell. All the way in. And they may change their mind when it's them being handcuffed in their own living room and being dragged out for posting something on Facebook. It may be them. Maybe then that they'll say, hang on a minute, I don't agree with this anymore. But of course, by then it'll be far too late. So that's where we're at. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the diamond, WW Trump. With that, we're going to take a quick five-minute break here on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie. Much more to get through in the second half of the show. Um, I do want to touch on some American news. We've got some more Australian stuff as well. I do have one of the most bizarre interviews ever caught on camera on CNN on Anderson Cooper's program that I absolutely have to share with you. I, I still haven't figured out if it's like a prequel to a porn movie, so stay tuned for that. All that and more coming up in the second half of the show here on the Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Stick with us. Oh, I was breaking on the dance floor. You better hold on so you don't think you never stand. Breaking on the dance floor. 
novelty comedy songs, organic, handmade with painstaking care, put into every note. Well, look no further than Irrational Times. Using only the finest instruments to create an experience that your ears will thank you for later. Irrational Times attempts to elevate the whimsy to a desirable level. New songs and sketches every week, so check it out. Idiot Boogie Bump. Idiot Boogie Bump. Idiot Boogie Really giving that one a workout? Go on. Zlive.tv slash JJ Stone. And we love JJ here on the show. The world is a terrible place, full of terrible people doing terrible things. Thankfully, there's a weekly live stream that doesn't sugarcoat it for you. Join Major Tom Saturdays at 10 p.m. for the Big Empty. That's Major underscore Tom on DLive. Make sure to use zeros for O's because your life really is that hard. Patriots, this is your favorite Southerner, Doc Martin. Just wanted to remind you to put on your calendars to join me and your favorite near-to-wheel Yankee, Bill D'Angelo, on Saturday nights, beginning with the Promises Kept at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, followed by the Speakeasy with all of your favorite Patriots. You never know what we might cuss and discuss. That's right, Doc Martin. This is everybody's favorite Yankee, Phil D'Angelo speaking. And on Saturday night, we could have Kimmy, wise censored, affectionately known as Electrolux, the original grandma, UK Neil, Rusty, and his famous sound test show, Coffee Talk with Sandra, Earth Citizen, Stefan, the infamous Grandma Sears, Mac Daddy may even make a show up, or virtually anyone else in the world for some irrelevant fun. Yankee, you mean some irreverent fun. So be sure to join us on Twitch, Periscope, DLive, or YouTube. That's right, Doc. Follow us at Winning TV on all of those channels. So be sure and put it on your calendar. We'll be looking for you. We'll leave the porch light on. I still think it's irrelevant fun. But why are you fumbling for coins when you have a heavy bag? <laughs> There's a place that we can go to watch old things. All the warm, fuzzy member berries it brings. It's a special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. Can't be old movies and old cartoons. We hope to see you over there very soon. It's our special little spot tucked away on D-Live. Enjoy the joy of Pessie. When we were kids and there wasn't any school We'd sit and watch all the best cartoons Eating cereal until it was noon We never thought that 30 years later It'd still be cool Saturday night and cheesy movies The ones that used to show us boobies It's our special little spot Tucked away on D-Live Enjoy the joy of Pessy Enjoy the joy of Pessy. Enjoy the joy of Pessy. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. 
Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More right away. this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie puppet tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Thank you for joining us. Quick reminder, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to complain about this, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Um, it was pretty negative in the first half of the program, so I want to—I do want to level it up a little bit. I want to bring some balance to the force, ladies and gentlemen. I want to give you a little bit of positivity here. I don't know how this interview slipped through the cracks on free-to-air television here. Basically, the way it works here is you've got the Australian taxpayer-funded media corporation, otherwise known as the ABC, and then you've got uh, a handful of commercial channels, Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 10, right? So this is like the free-to-air, like non-cable, non-digital media here. And so this was on Channel 7, which is the biggest of the free-to-air channels, the commercial stations. And I'm not sure how this interview sl- sl- sort of slipped through the cracks, but it did. <laughs> maybe she maybe she did that old trick of, yeah, I'm going to talk about X and then changed her mind. So I wanted to show you this because I thought I did think, well, this was good. This was like sunlight to vampires. In light of like the, the first half of the show, all the things we covered in the first half of the show. This particular interview here was like, oh man, it was like kryptonite. And I was so happy to see it. I was like, wow, I don't I don't know how this got to air, but I'm sure it'll be the last time we see her on Australian television. So have a look at this. Talking about, we've spoken about the government's coronavirus social tracing app, the social tracking apps, right? Oh, well, the only way, remember that was the story about two months ago. The only way we're going to defeat this virus is if we know your whereabouts 24 hours a day and track your movements. <laughs> that way we'll know where to come and arrest you when you post something on Facebook. <laughs> if only we could track the movements of people before they post on Facebook, then when they post on Facebook that they want to go outside and go to a protest, we'll be able to pick them up lickety split. It's very convenient. So... So the government rolled out this social tracking app. Uh, It's been plagued with problems because the government built it. (laughs) So what the fuck do you expect? At least if you got the private sector to build the social tracking app, they wouldn't fuck it up so much and it wouldn't cost so much money. But putting that to one side, uh, Seven News invited this woman on to talk about the social tracking app and is it worth it? And have a look at this is great how the, the interviewer tries to drive this woman into answering, oh, no, we need the social tracking app trying to get this woman to admit that even though the social tracking app is wrong and it's against, you know, it's unethical and it's a, it's a violation of basic privacy and all that stuff, look how hard he works her to try and get her to agree with him in that, in that very stereotypical 
you know, television host way of doing it. Have a look at this. It's been four months since the government launched its COVID safe contact tracing app, selling it as uh-huh. a critical tool in yep. the fight critical. against the virus. It's, a, it's not a weapon. It's a tool. It's a tool. At its launch, the Prime Minister said he wanted at least 40% of Australians to download it in the first 24 hours. Yeah. More than 2 million people did just that. And this- Congratulations, Australia. You're so good at following the rules. This week, it's surpassed 7 million downloads. So how important has it been in our battle against coronavirus? Good question. Let's bring in Professor Katina Michael from the Australian Privacy Foundation. Katina, thank you so much. Ah, Professor Katina Michael from the Australian Privacy Foundation. Thanks for joining the latest. Let me ask you this up front. Four months on, in your view, has this been a success? I like the fact that we've tried to... uh, reduce the transmission of the pandemic using an application of... Oh, that, that, that's a great accent. <laughs> very, very woggy accent, which I'm very fond of because, you know, growing up with a lot of woggy friends here. So, like, you know, the Mediterranean, like the Greeks, the Italians, the uh, Maltese and stuff. I mean, look at that pylon behind her. <laughs> well, yes, yes, like, listen, listen, mate. Like, there's a lot of things here that can go wrong with a fucking virus, you know? Like, so listen, you listen to me, mate? Listen, mate, what is it you forgot, mate? <laughs> I love her accent. <laughs> I like the fact that we've tried to uh, reduce the transmission of the pandemic using pandemic. an application, a mobile device, but I'm really suspect on how it was rolled out. There've been technical bugs, there've been issues to do with data privacy, issues to do with security, and actually the normalisation of surveillance, this notion that... Hey! All hope is not lost, huh? Score one for the good guys. Something we've argued on this program for months and months and months and months and months. The normalisation of mass surveillance. Hey, we got one. We got one on the board in the corporate press, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! The score is now 3 million to 1. <laughs> we're, but we're up and running. We're out of the gate. We're starting to move. Who knows? Maybe we'll convince everybody yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll get everybody on board. Fine. We're on the board now. We've got one, one score against our name. Yes, let's keep going. We have now people looking at our contacts, our physical social network. Yep. Mm. Now, recently, Katina, there's been little mention of the, of the COVID safe app and Victorian health officials admitted they stopped using it for a period of time early uh, on. Yeah. Is it time to... Now, now, they stopped using it for a period of time early on. Now we're just going into people's homes and dragging them out in handcuffs. So much easier. <laughs> It's so much easier to just wait until somebody posts something on Facebook and then go and scoop them up. <laughs> so we save resources. Enough of this. Enough with this tracking app nonsense. Let's just go and arrest them. To update the app or ditch it completely, do you think? The problem is now the Australian public has lost confidence. They're confused. Yep. They don't know if they have the latest app. Yep. They're really confused by the fact that some people got wrong messages saying that they had COVID and ended up going to clinics to see if they were tested positive. Yeah. Remember the story again a few months ago. I'm getting sick of getting this fucking shit right. Remember a few months ago we covered the story of this basically the same app being used in Israel. And, you know, the authorities in Israel would send out notifications to people. Hey, guess what? Unfortunately, you've got the coof. You're going to have to stay home. And the people would go and get themselves tested. 
and they would say, actually, I've tested negative. I don't have coronavirus. Am I allowed to go to work? And the government authority that ran the app would say to them, we don't, literally, quote, we don't make mistakes. (laughs) The app knows. Fuck the doctors. (laughs) But on a serious note, can you... Can you ever imagine, like, put yourself back like six months ago. Could you imagine we would ever be in a place where you can be directed by the government via a phone app that, guess what, for the next two weeks, you're banned from working, banned from going outside, banned from seeing other people? No trial, no jury, no test, no no doctor's appointment, nothing. An app tells you. Like, the app is now our overlord. If you think about it, we worship the phone like a deity anyway. The phone is the first thing we look at when we wake up in the morning and the last thing we put down before we go to bed at night. We're not, put, we're not reading the Bible at night. We're reading Facebook posts. Instead of, instead of the warm glow of the Lord, we're getting the warm glow of the LCD screen. You know, you might be driving in a neighborhood that you've driven around for the last 40 years. You know it like the back of your hand. But if the map app on your telephone tells you to turn left, you'll turn left. Even if it drives you right off a cliff. Well, it can't be wrong. It's the app. It's the phone. The phone is the phone is in charge now. So when the phone says, well, you're sick, you, you better stay home. How many people go, well, okay, well, I guess it knows. <laughs> I guess the phone is, I guess the phone knows I'm sick. Who am I to argue? Don't worry. I'm sure the relevant authority who runs these apps and these kinds of services will listen to your complaints. I'm sure they will hear, you know, your concerns when you say to them, actually, I'm not sick. And if I stay home for two weeks, I'm going to lose my job and my mortgage and I'll go broke. So I can't afford to stay home. I'm, I'm sure they'll care. I mean, they're now arresting pregnant mothers in their own living room, dragging them out in front of their children. But I'm sure they'll care about you and your job. I'm sure it's different for you. You're special, right? <laughs> ben K. Veritas. Congratulations, phone. You're so good at being smart. <laughs> Let's carry on. How, what numbers are we talking about? Have you got a firm handle on that? I mean, how many people have actually been traced through the app? It's been a small amount. We're talking about new contact traces now that were never found before through manual tracing. So usually what happens, somebody's asked, who did you come into contact with in the last 24 hours, in the last week, in the last two weeks? A lot of us have been self-isolating, so it's been pretty easy to say, well, mm. it's been my family or my friends, so, so to speak, and we've kept a social distance. But we're talking at small numbers here. In New South Wales, about 14 new cases were found. 14. 14. Again, it's like the Willy Wonka thing, isn't it? How many cases did we find with this multi-billion dollar exercise in creating this social tracking app, which is a literal uh, threat to privacy and normalizes mass surveillance on a scale unseen before? Uh, 14, sir. Right. 14,000 cases. No, no, no. Not 14,000, sir. 14. Okay. 1,400 cases of coronavirus. No, sir. 14. 14? 14. 
just gonna I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a look just out of curiosity how much this app cost the Australian taxpayer. Let's have a look here. Just out of interest. Oh, okay. It wasn't billions, fine. It was only 1.5 million. <laughs> so about about Oh, and uh, $700,000 to Amazon, ladies and gentlemen, to host the data. Thank you, Amazon. Gee, it seems like these big companies are doing really well in the coronavirus lockdown era. Have you noticed that? The government spends $1.5 million of taxpayer money, taxpayers who are no longer paying tax because they're banned from going to work, and then forks over another $700,000 to Amazon... The only place, one of the only places which is still making money. Isn't it great? Funny how that works. So it was only, so it cost around about, you know, a little over $100,000 per person <laughs> that was found using the app. Well worth the money. Money well spent. <laughs> Thank you. Great event for government. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's not big numbers, but when you think about the potential for transmission, uh -huh. it's not small either. No, right. I guess that, I, that's 14. the point. I mean, the fact that they found some is good, but we've got to keep in mind, millions of Australians activated this app. That's the thing. Now the tables have turned. Now the host is actually, well, hang on a minute. I'm not sure that this is such a good idea. Reportedly, 7 million downloads uh, have happened uh, since April. 7 million downloads they found 14 people. Just a general reminder, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> 7 million downloads with this app. 14 cases, not 14,000, not 1,400, just 14. 14 cases sourced. Economy in the toilet. People locked inside their own home. In the case of Melbourne, the military patrolling the streets and mothers being arrested in their own home and dragged out in handcuffs for what they post on Facebook. Seven million people downloaded the app. We caught 14 of them. Well worth it. Well, it's part of a tapestry of laws <laughs> that we're introducing. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Where to from here? I tell you, this was fun. <clears throat> All right, let's get off. Let's get off the virus for a moment. I want to show you this. Uh, I'm going to present this as always. Everything we refer to tonight will be in the show notes. This is officially the dumbest Twitter thread of the week. It's time for our new favorite segment, the dumbest Twitter thread of the week. This was tweeted out by the White House. The responses to this are absolute fucking gold. Let's play the short video. It's only 30 seconds. The President Donald Trump, President of the United States. Let's see what he says here that got people so upset. We must strictly and fully enforce our law and have no tolerance for anarchy mm -hmm. and no tolerance zero for violence. Right. Anyone who breaks the law should be arrested, prosecuted and punished. This includes targeting law enforcement efforts to focus on Antifa, mm -hmm. the left wing domestic terror organization. Uh -huh. The mission of Antifa is to spread terror in the U.S. population with a goal of getting Americans to give up to their agenda. This is how terrorist organizations have always operated.
Okay. So, fairly standard, I would have thought. Zero tolerance to violence. Okay. Guess again. <laughs> now, have a look at some of these responses. This is fantastic. This is the dumbest Twitter thread of the week. Given his own disregard for the law, this is a tough stance for your guy to maintain with any degree of credibility. I wish you held yourself to the same standard. Anyone who breaks the law should be arrested, prosecuted, and punished. I concur, starting with you. They're very upset in this thread. <laughs> Listen to this. This is one of my favorite ones. That is the scary part. There are millions of people who are supporting all of this because they have been brainwashed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> So when you when you see the riots, when you see buildings being burnt to the ground, when you see Molotov cocktails being thrown, when you see guys like David Dawn being shot to death in the street in front of their own store, when you see people being attacked, dragged out of their cars, beaten half to death, when you see all of these things happening, that's the brainwashing kicking in. And when the president comes out and says, we, will, we need to take a zero tolerance approach to violence, it's If you agree with that, it's because you've been brainwashed. Listen to this. They think they live on a virus-free planet all by themselves. Ah! Oh. <laughs> Listen, I think something has to be done about Fox News and other extreme right media. Ladies and gentlemen, Fox News is now the extreme right. <laughs> <laughs> Tucker Carlson, the extreme right wing of Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Imagine being in that skull and accusing anybody else of being brainwashed. Somebody comes out and says, essentially, you know, violence is not a good thing and we need to stop it. Well, that's what an extreme brainwashed, and that's what a brainwashed extreme right winger would say. <laughs> <laughs> really then when will you call all the extreme right hate groups the extreme right wing ladies and gentlemen the hate groups never trump is behind it last night kellyanne conway said the more anarchy and chaos the better for trump she actually said it you agree then This is how this is the same person who just said that Fox News and other extreme right media media needs to be dealt with. The very same person is now complaining that Kellyanne Conway said more anarchy and chaos the better for Trump. She actually said it. So this person is so confused in their own position. They simultaneously believe that there is no real violence here, that there is no it's all just right-wing propaganda. But at the same time, she believes that the right, the, the violence is being allowed to happen because it helps Trump. The violence that doesn't exist. <laughs> That's how confused these people are. No, talking about violence and rioting is a conspiracy theory. And the reason that the violence and rioting is still happening is because it helps the conservatives. Right. Wow. You're a special one, aren't you? Uh, Roger Stone. <laughs> I will... 
<laughs> so fine. So you want Biden? Fine. I will burn it all down. Trump kills. They really suck at memes. Um, the dude just made excuses for the guy that murdered two people, but go on. He's a murderer now. Trump will never condemn or even criticize anyone if they like him or if he thinks they like him. That's one needy, insecure narcissist there in the Oval Office. <laughs> exactly. And why a Trump-supporting teenage white supremacist vigilante who shot two people with a weapon that was illegal for him to possess. He's now a white supremacist vigilante. <laughs> Wow. Uh, there's a, another picture of Trump and Epstein. Yes, you got to get all the classics in. This man should be in a straight jacket behind bars. Hannibal Joe. Yeah, okay. There's some fantastic uh, responses here. Breaking news. Trump comes out on the side of the vigilantes. Again, we're completely ignoring the people burning buildings to the ground, throwing shit through windows. Attacking, dragging people out of their cars, beating them half to death. That's a conspiracy theory. The only violence that's taking place here is from the white supremacist teenage vigilantes, like that one guy from last week. He supports the fascists. POTUS is doing everything in his power not to heal the violence, but to help fuel it. He's, he's fueling the violence, ladies and gentlemen. By saying we will take a zero tolerance approach. I guess if that's helping the fuel the violence, what he should do is come out and say, uh, you know what, just burn whatever the hell you want. I don't care. By saying that the violence should stop, he's fueling it. <laughs> of course, if Joe Biden comes out and says the violence should stop, everybody's like, why can't you be more like Joe? Why can't you be more like Joe Biden over here who says the violence should stop? Okay, I think the violence should stop. Didn't you hear that? He's fueling the violence. 2020, ladies and gentlemen, is off its tits, isn't it? All right. I, I want to bring you this, uh, this interview here, which I thought was absolutely fantastic and confusing in all the ways that you can imagine. Anderson Cooper... So I don't know, because there's been a lot of stories bubbling along over the last week or so. So maybe you haven't caught up with this one. Apparently, uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. I'm not a big fan of the Falwells, but that's that's for you to decide. You're, you, you decide who you're a fan of. I don't particularly care. Uh, but me personally, not a big fan of the Falwells, but whatever. That's, that's irrelevant to what you're about to see here, which is just bizarre. <laughs> So apparently there's some news that Jerry Falwell has like some kind of weird sex life and stuff. Again, I don't really care about sex life stories. It's not, I really don't care about that kind of shit. I don't care if Donald Trump personally teabagged every Miss Universe contestant since 1983. I do not care. I don't care if he raw dogged every Miss Universe contestant since 1983. Couldn't give a fuck. I don't care if he was married at the time. I don't care if he fucked Stormy Daniels. I do not care. By the same token, I don't care who Bill Clinton had sex with. I don't care who Kamala Harris had sex with. I really don't give a fuck about this stuff. It's completely irrelevant to me anyway. None of my concerned. But CNN has now basically become E! News. 
So Jerry Falwell Jr. is a big, you know, as you know, a big supporter of Donald Trump, or at least in some ways, in other ways, not so much. Big supporter of Donald Trump. So you got to you got to try and chip away at that um, evangelical support base any any way you can, right? So I I found this interview really bizarre, and I'm sure you will too, ladies and gentlemen. Anderson Cooper interviewing the pool boy. <laughs> I, I can't even I can't even say it without laughing. <laughs> Anderson Cooper. It, this is like the start of every porn movie. This is like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Winning TV with the diamonds. So Thumb Club is good then. Hey, if you want to rock in the Thumb Club, that's your decide. If you want to be in the if you want to be a member of the Thumb Club, you go for it, my man. You have my blessing. <laughs> so Anderson Cooper now interviewing Jerry Falwell's former pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> like the stereotypical start of any porn movie. And it has now, Anderson Cooper's show has now transformed into a penthouse forum. Just have a listen to this bizarre story in this bizarre interview. Just before we went on air today, I spoke with a man at the center of a scandal involving one of the most important evangelical leaders in the country. Giancarlo Granda is his name. He was a pool attendant in a Miami hotel uh -huh. when he met Jerry Falwell. He's a Miami pool boy. I bet he had those little cream shorts on. <laughs> those little cream shorts and that little shirt with the little name badge. And the shorts would have been at least two sizes too tight. So you can see the full effect of the package while he's walking around the pool, scooping stuff up out of the pool. So he was a pool attendant at a Miami resort. This can only end in one way. With sex center of a scandal involving one of the most important evangelical uh -huh. leaders in the country. Yep. Giancarlo Granda is his name. He was a pool Giancarlo Granda. Attendant in a Miami hotel when he wait met Jerry. Wait till you see him. He looks like a pool boy. Falwell Jr. and his wife Becky. Some of their relationship remains in dispute, but both sides agree that Granda had a sexual relationship with Becky Falwell. Okay. Granda has said that Jerry Falwell would watch them. <laughs> oh, what? So this story wasn't enough, right? It wasn't enough to say that the pool boy had a sexual relationship with Becky Falwell. That wasn't enough to get the evangelicals upset. That wasn't enough to get the evangelicals, you know, storming out of the room, throwing their MAGA hats into the trash bin, into the trash can, you know. Story, I, enough, I hate this guy now. That wasn't enough. We had to sex it up a little bit. We had to spice it up a little bit. So we had to say that Jerry Falwell used to stand in the corner of the room and masturbate while this was taking place. <laughs> Again, whether it's true or not doesn't really concern me. My whole issue with this is it's on CNN. That, that really is the bizarre part for me. This whole story, this interview you're about to watch is taking place on what is considered to be a serious corporate news network instead of in the pages of the penthouse forum, instead of on E! News, which is where you would expect this kind of trash. Both Falwells deny that. They say Granda was trying to uh, extort money from them. Granda denies that. Our discussion involved okay. both sets of allegations as well as how we first met the Falwells. Let's That's a pool boy. <laughs> 
Look at the lovely parted hair. Look at that chiseled jawbone. He looks like a Cuban pool boy to me. If you're listening to the podcast, you can't see. But this is going to be one of those ones where you need to check out. If you want to watch the live stream, by the way, uh, dlive.tv slash Boogie Bumper. Or if you want to watch the replay, head to BitChute. Uh, look for Boogie Bumper on BitChute. Look for my channel there. All full episodes are uploaded to BitChute. <laughs> he looks like he looks like a cross between a pool boy and a choir boy. It's like the perfect it's the perfect mix for sordid sexual tales. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous story. I can't believe this is on CNN. Okay, let's hear let's hear the story of how the pool boy used to fuck Jerry Falwell's wife while Jerry would watch. Okay. Just started Again, CNN, ladies and gentlemen, real news. Beginning of, of how you came mm. to, to meet them. Mm -hmm. Right. So you, you tell us the, the story. Tell us the story, bro. Yeah, Fountain Blue. Fountain Blue Hotel. Work shift. Um, I noticed this woman. Work shift? <laughs> yeah, I was doing a work shift. So he's obviously got high intelligence. He's a very intelligent pool boy. Behind me, staring at me. Um, listen, listen, she's, listen to the story. Uh, yeah. Listen to yeah, the story. Fountain Blue, Fountain Blue Hotel, work shift. Um, I noticed this woman behind me staring at me. Mm -hmm. um, she's staring at me. You know, she's flirting back and forth. Yep. And uh, she invites me back to her hotel. Uh, she invites me back to her hotel. <laughs> this is penthouse for him. JJ Stoner, follow the great JJ Stoner. DLive.tv slash JJ Stoner. Fartwell, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us, JJ. <laughs> I, I noticed this woman. She was standing behind me. She was flirting with me back and forth. I have to see Becky Fourwell now. I have to, I must see her. I don't think I've seen her. Is it Becky or Jenny? I don't know. Okay. All right, here's Becky. Here's Becky and the pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> She's not bad. She's not bad for an older girl. Well done, young man. Giancarlo Granda. The pool boy. <laughs> <laughs> so she was flirting with Giancarlo. She was walking around behind him. This is fantastic. I, I, again, like if I could just break for a moment here. I've had this conversation with people off air. This is something that I think a lot of progressive-minded people just simply don't get. They don't understand. They don't understand why these kinds of attacks don't work anymore. Once upon a time, if you were to go after the right, like the conservative side, with these kinds of like sordid sex stories and stuff, the conservatives would clean out their own people, right? They would say, well, the left pointed out that these conservatives are having sordid sexual affairs. We need to get rid of them. This is unbecoming. We can't have this in our on our side, right? But the problem is the people who are pointing out, you know, the sordid sexual affairs on the right, rightly or wrongly, but this is just my feel of like the situation. This is what I think is taking place here. They look at the people making these accusations and see that, you're dealing with people who, when it comes to sexual morality, are probably the last ones who should be lecturing people because these are the people for the last 40 years who have been saying, 
uh, you have no right to talk about anybody else's private business, right? It's none of your business what goes on in the bedroom. How many times have you heard this over the last 40 years? Why do you care about who people have sex with? Love is love. It doesn't matter who people want to have sex with. People can have sex with whoever they want. Uh, what goes on in the bedroom is none of your business. Stop sticking your nose in, blah, 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 blah. But then when it suits them, they will turn around to you and say, hey, you need to really care about who this guy has sex with. You need to be really upset about who this person has sex with. And rightly or wrongly, I think that this kind of shit, people just laugh at this now because after 40 years of that routine now, when they come out and say, hey, conservatives, you need to be really upset about who this person has sex with. Now they just say, shut the fuck up. I don't care. I don't care. Right? You've been telling us for the last 40 years that we shouldn't care about who people have sex with. And now we don't care. You're trying to tell us that we should care. So I don't care. I'm going to vote for my guy anyway, because you come up with all of these rules and then you break them and just vote for your person anyway. So why shouldn't I? Fuck you. Right? I think that's the attitude now. The prevailing mentality from people on the right is, I don't care. I don't care anymore. So no, I'm not going to listen to you. You want to have these like weird little interviews with the pool boy having sex with Jerry Falwell's wife? Okay, whatever. But I don't care. Do what you got to do, bro. Right? Because it's only about diminishing you. It's only about making you weaker. That's all they care about. You know, if you bring up Kamala Harris's sex life, they'll say that it's wrong for you to do that. How dare you? And then in the very next sentence, they'll bring up all of the reasons why you need to be concerned with someone on your own side's sex life. It's ridiculous. It's it, ridiculous. It's objectively dumb. And I think that's why it doesn't work anymore. Because eventually, after years and years and years of this routine, people just lost interest. And they just said, I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. It's hypocritical. So whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Jim N-word. Stop slut shaming, bro. <laughs> right? So let's get back to our uh, pool boy extraordinaire here. I've got to hear this story. But before she invites me uh, back to the hotel, she's like, hey, by the way, my husband, he, he likes to watch. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> my husband likes to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Before we get up to the room, just to let you know, my husband, he likes to watch. And the pool boy, I think he was 20 years old, apparently, when this story took place. What did he, he likes to watch? And immediately, I kind of, I pulled back. And I thought it was a little bit odd. I don't like to shame anyone for anything. It's okay. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did find it odd. Except for this interview. <laughs> Bizarre. Exactly. Lady of Diamonds Gypsy. Vantage steals the Diamond Gypsy. No kink shame zone. No kink shame. He, he just said, I don't like to shame anybody for anything, but this guy wants to watch, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? 
how how long do you expect the people that you hate on the other side of the aisle to just sit there and watch this and go, well, that makes sense. <laughs> but you just did the you just did the thing that you say you hate. Look, I'm not I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but that guy would stand in the corner of the room while I had sex with his wife, and that really freaked me out. <laughs> that was really weird. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> fate of kings in the chat. I'm into degenerate sex, but I found it a bit odd. <laughs> There's an old joke I'm sure you've heard, a Billy Connolly joke, which I have to tell you, which I'll probably butcher anyway. But this guy goes, like, so it's not my joke. Uh, this guy goes to a prostitute and he heard that this hooker will do extra crazy stuff for extra money. So he goes up, he meets up with the hooker in the hotel room. And he slips her an extra hundred bucks and he says, I hear you do crazy stuff. And she's like, oh yeah, honey, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, first of all, I want you to go to the corner of the room. I want you to face the wall, uh, take off all your clothes, and I want you to do a handstand facing the wall. And she's like, wow, okay, this is kinky. So, So she takes off all her clothes. She goes to the corner of the room. She's doing a handstand facing the wall. And she's there for about 10 minutes and she's like, baby, what's going on? I thought you wanted to do weird stuff. And the guy says, oh, I already did. I took a shit in your purse. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite jokes. (laughs) So that's kinky, baby. All right, where are we? Oh, yeah, that's right. Jerry Falwell's watching me have sex with his wife. He likes to watch and immediately I kind of, I pulled back. I pulled back. I pulled out. And I thought it was a little bit odd. I don't odd. like to shame anyone for anything. It's okay, but I, I did find it odd at the moment. And she's like, "Don't worry. He he he's not gonna he's not gonna intervene. He's just gonna watch in the corner of the room. There will be no intervention. Don't worry. He's not gonna do anything. He's just gonna stand there. <laughs> he's not gonna jump in. He's not gonna try to have sex with you. He's just going to watch. Um, he's gonna watch in the corner of the room. And I'm uh-huh. like, okay, I'm a 20 year old single guy. I'm like, why not? Do you know why not? <laughs> Yeah, this is believable too. I don't know. <laughs> Did you do you remember how they started off this interview? You remember how they started this off with Anderson Cooper saying, uh, "Jerry Falwell is accusing this young man of trying to extort money from him." Uh, a charge he denies. Well, I was 20 years old. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I'm a pool boy. Why not, fucker? Why not have the husband watch? Who cares? Who and they were at that time? I had no idea who they were. They at the end of my work shift, uh-huh. they um, they called me through a blocked number. Oh, really? Um, and then they told me to meet them at another hotel. Right. Um, and it was right by the Fountain Blue. I meet them at this hotel. Uh-huh. I walk into the into the lobby. Yeah. And Becky's sitting there. She's nervous. I'm nervous. Um, you know, she offers me whiskey to calm down, to relax. And just take a sip of whiskey, honey. And and then shortly after, we, we go up to the room. You're 20 years and old, Jer- boy. I was 20 year. years old. The age of a Liberty University student. <laughs> that's, that's what you call laying it on a little too thick. I, he was with me until that line. Because as you know, the Falwell's very involved with Liberty University. So when he when he crowbarred that line into the story, all of a sudden I'm like, hang on a minute, that's too much information, right? You with me? 
I was the exact same age as a Liberty University student. That sounds like somebody's written that. That's not somebody that somebody would just say. We know how old 20 is, pool boy. We know what 20 is. You don't need to put it in terms that we can understand, right? See, Lady Fritzer in a chat. Plant, plant, plant. <laughs> right? it, it was that line. And I'm like, hang on a minute. <laughs> that is a workshop line. Because this. then all of a sudden it's like, well, hang on. This isn't really about Jerry Falwell. This really isn't about how Jerry likes to watch his wife get raw dogged, is it? This is about Liberty University all of a sudden, isn't it? Why would you bring it up like that? It's a strange thing to say. A very strange thing to say. Right? That's really important to remember. Uh, <laughs> See? <laughs> That's a great pause there. Have a look at this. <laughs> Just remembering the night with Becky. <laughs> yes. <coughs> See, what that sounds like to me, it sounds like to me that this is a very dumb man. First and foremost, this is a very dumb individual. A very low IQ mouth breather. So it says to me that he's been coached to say that line, hey, it was the same age as a, as a student at Liberty University, right? He's been coached to say that. And then the person doing the coaching has said to him, that's really important, that line. Make sure you say it. It's a really important line. Don't forget the line. It's really important, right? But he's so dumb that he repeats what the coach said to him. <laughs> listen, listen again. That's This is what it sounds like to me by my ear. I could be wrong, but I don't know. Pretty good at this kind of thing. Let's have a look. And then shortly after, we, we go up to the room. Uh -huh. You're 20 years and old, Jer boy. I was 20 years old. Even, even the fact he was prompted by Anderson Cooper, right? He was prompted by Anderson Cooper. Remind the audience how old you were. Giancarlo, don't forget the line about Liberty University. Remember, you were 20 years old, right? Right? You were 20. Yes. Remember? 20, 20 years old. Remember that thing we said about the 20-year-olds, right? Remember that? Right? Keep telling them how you were 20. And then shortly after, we, we go up to the room. Watch it again. Sitting there. She's nervous. I'm nervous. Um, you know, she offers me whiskey to calm down, to relax. And, and then shortly after, we, we go up to the room. You're 20 years and old, Jer boy. You're 20 years old, by the way. He's coaching him on air. I was 20 year. years old. The age of a Liberty University student. Okay. The age of a Liberty University student. Very weird thing to say. Make sure you mention the age of a Liberty I can see Anderson pre-show saying, make sure you keep saying that you were 20, the age of a Liberty University student, because we're trying to associate Liberty University with this story, right? As much as we possibly can. And that's very important to say that. And then he says this. Right. That's really important to remember. <laughs> it's like it's like he was told it's really important to remember. And he just repeated, that's really important to remember. Polly want a cracker? Who's <laughs> a pretty boy? Who's a pretty boy? You're a pretty boy. You're a pretty boy. <laughs> Go up, and Jerry's laying down, and there's two beds. He's laying down in one of the beds, uh -huh. 
and he's, you know, he's noticeably drunk and giggling. Um, and then again, I'm drunk and giggling. I'm a little bit worried, right? I bet you are. I'm like, what, what am I getting myself into? And then I said, uh, hey, at any point, if you get jealous or upset, uh-huh. uh, just let me know and I'll walk out of here. No yeah, problem. That's, that seems like a very normal conversation to have before a cucking episode. You said that to Jerry Falwell. I, I said that. You said that to Jerry Falwell. You were only 20 at the time, yes? About the age of a Liberty University student? Yes, it's very important to remember that you were 20. You said this to Jerry Falwell. Jerry Falwell was in the room. He was drunk. He was giggling. That was Jerry Falwell, right? You were 20, weren't you? Yes. To Jerry Falwell. He's like, no, just go. Comment down below if that's true. Go for it. Right, he encouraged me to say, just go for it. Did you get the sense that they had done this before? I mean, did it seem new to either of them? <sighs> In hindsight, look, now, as a 29-year-old man. Uh, all those years ago, it was a crazy time. Uh, I can see how they're very methodical in targeting me. Oh. <laughs> well, of course. Of course they would be. You're an idiot pool boy. <laughs> Why wouldn't they target you? It, it, it's very clear. Now, after years uh-huh. have gone by, they yeah. told me that I was perfect. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was perfect. Be- because you're um, stupid. You know, and I, I just, I was exactly what they were looking for. Be- because you're a very stupid man, Giancarlo. <laughs> because you're repeating the lines, you're repeating the coaching lines. You're a very, very silly young man. That's why, of course, you're perfect. Is what they would tell me. Um, they wouldn't go after an intelligent guy. <laughs> perfect? Why? Because why were you perfect? Anderson has to keep coaching him. Well, to give context, when I was in high school, uh-huh. I suffered with video game addiction. Video game addict. <laughs> this is, like I said, this is so bizarre. Why, why do you think they targeted you? Why, why do you think the preeminent evangelical icon of North America, why do you think uh, you were targeted by him and his wife for a degenerate sexual escapade when you were a pool boy? Well, it probably has something to do with the fact that when I was in high school, I was addicted to video games. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> it's so strange. <laughs> I, I gotta hear more. I must hear more. Um, you know, I was a, you know, I was a bit timid, yeah. nervous, yeah. and when I was working at the Fountain Blue, I was starting to come mm-hmm. out of my shell. But I still yeah. had these insecurities, and I guess they I detected it, which made me a, a you know an ideal target for them. They detected my insecurities, which came from. <laughs> being addicted to video games for some reason all right i told i told you it was very it was a very bizarre interview <laughs> one more item for you tonight ladies and gentlemen before we say goodbye a very a short one a quick one which i thought was a lot of fun the latest edition of <clears throat> but i'm on your side i thought this was very cute during a Black Lives Matter protest, ladies and gentlemen, this guy, he's got the GoPro on his helmet. He's armed. He's got the war helmet on. He's ready to go. He's ready to fight for justice. 
And during the riot, you can see the smoke and the fire behind him. During the riot, he says to one of his bosses during the riot, which is a uh, small African-American woman with a loud voice, a a shrill, screeching voice. These are the people who are in charge during these things, not the guys with guns. (laughs) The guys with guns take their orders from the screaming black women, as they rightly should. So during this riot, during this protest, he has his, you know, on the road to Damascus moment, his come to Jesus moment, where he, when he figures out, hang on, I'm not sure I'm in favor of this. Why are we burning down all of these buildings? Like, what does this have to do with equality, bro? And then he gets a dressing down by the leaders of Black Lives Matter. So I thought this was fantastic. Have a look at this. I'm all for protests, but you can't be, you can't be destroying your neighbor's houses and businesses. I'm all for a protest, but you can't be destroying your neighbors' houses and businesses. You're not for protesting if you don't give a fuck. Oh, we're just protesting. This shit, the fucking value of property has nothing to do with the value of life. The value of property has nothing to do with the value of life. Don't you love this logic? If you give a shit about buildings burning down, then you're not one of us. Destroying your neighbor's houses and businesses. <laughs> but I'm on your side. You're not for protesting if you don't give a I fuck. was just protesting. I was just protesting with you. I don't give a shit, motherfucker. The fucking value of property has nothing to do with the value of life. If you value this shit, what are you He not with us, and then just like that, that's how quickly it can happen. Just like that, the movement that you thought you were a part of does not want you anymore. Because you say to your other movement participants, hey, I'm not comfortable burning down, you know, innocent people's homes and businesses. I'm not down with that. I'm all for protesting. But I don't think those people did anything to us. So, like, I don't think that's fair. Like, that's kind of shitty to do that. (laughs) Well, you're out of here. You're out of the movement then. Get the fuck out, sweaty. (laughs) Just like, just like that. He's excommunicated from the movement. It happens so fast, doesn't it? But I'm on your side as the, as the rock comes flying through the living room window. Fuck you. You're not with us. Fuck you. Just like that, he's on the outer. And just like that, the reality hits him. But I'm on your side. And look at, doesn't he cast a very, a very sad figure there, ladies and gentlemen? He was just protesting with them. He was just marching with them. He says to one of them, I don't think it's a good idea to burn down innocent people's homes and buildings. He gets screamed at, fuck you, you're against us now. You're not on our side. And that's when it hits him. That's when the reality hits him. Just like that. My poor lad. My poor lad. 
Aviation Arms in a chat says, Boogie, he was defending the buildings. He wasn't a protester. No, he said, he said to her, I was just protesting with you. I was just with you before. Like, right, I was just right there with you. So no, he said he was one of them. <laughs> I'm on your side. I was just protesting with you. But that's how quickly you can become an enemy. Oh, no. Everybody hurts, lad. That's all right. He tried to do the right thing, but unfortunately, you're out of there. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of tonight's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everybody who contributed on DLive. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to say that you're on my side or uh, watch me have sex with the pool boy, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Don't forget to follow over our friends uh, later on tonight, Irrational Times, Coffee Talk with Sandra, No Nightwave Radio, JJ Stoner tomorrow at midday, Way Dave with Lois Ropez, uh, ROTC, uh, Y Censored Kimmy at uh, tomorrow night, Mr. America to Be the Truth, UK Neil at Real Person PLTCS, Sunday Night Shit Show. Thank you once again to Frozen Asian from the Sunday Night Shit Show for joining us on Monday night. Uh, but that's it from me for today. I'll be back on Friday. Thank you for the diamond. I'll be back on Friday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Don't forget as well, tomorrow night, J, uh, JJ Stoner, winning TV tomorrow night at 6.30pm, ladies and gentlemen, and Chamani as well, and the Iceman, double four, double three. All right, catch you later. Bye. Yeah.